live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's Essie Guru's Rainmaker. What is a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. Essie Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the world wide web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known as Essie Guru and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Essie Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of webmaster radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. Well, that is right, everybody. You are tuned in to Rainmaker, and it is Thursday, January the 18th. And as I look across the the, the desk here, or, you know, my, my broadcast cohort in crime, my partner, my beautiful bride, Brandy. How are you, babe? Happy birthday. Thank you. I can't hear you. Speak <laughs> there we go. There you are. Now, now, I am, are now you? you're giving yeah, me a voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm a year older than I was last you week. You are. You I checked are. in the mirror this morning. Well, you look just as great as you, well, you did a year you ago. That. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little discouraged. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. There was like wrinkle number 104. Now I think there's like 107 and 108. Now, guys, I don't, I don't know if if your your wives ever do that to you. They look at you and they go, "Oh my God!" The the day after their birthday, it happened. I aged. Look at my face. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. But you know what? It was it was such a beautiful. We had fun. I love birthdays. First of all, you did an amazing job at surprising me, mm-hmm. and it was so heartfelt and so beautiful. And everyone else, whether it was friends or or business colleagues who just reached out to tell me whether they meant it or not, happy birthday, and you know, sent cards and flowers and presents and shout outs, and it was just so awesome and meaningful. I think everyone should take time out every once in a while and acknowledge the people that you love. Amen. I'm all about birthdays. If you have to get older, do it with lots of love. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I'm, I, I guess yesterday I realized how blessed I was. Well, yeah, I, I know how blessed you are. I mean, you're right. Like, guys, if if you don't see a response to your your wives um, the way I see a response to to my wife, um, you're probably unhappy in your marriage. You know, I I, 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 I got to say this: I have the most amazing wife, and um, folks, take take uh, take lessons, take lessons. You're wonderful. Let's let's not delay because okay. can I tell you, it we feels a little bit like déjà vu in a way. Vujade. Uh, um Only only the first half is vujade. For those of you who don't know, who that is that's the feeling that somehow none of this has ever happened before <laughs> um, until the bottom of the hour, of course. Uh, instant yeah. replay with Michael and Margaret Corda. Yeah, we're very excited. So tonight we actually have with us. I mean, this is like the power packed. I mean, talk about rainmakers. Uh, our first featured guest is Ken Fisher, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Fisher Investments, a multi-product money management firm with over thirty billion under management. 
He writes the prestigious portfolio strategy column in Forbes magazine, where his 22-year tenure of high profile calls him the fifth longest-running columnist in Forbes' 89-year history. And he also writes a regular column for Bloomberg Money in England. And he is also, yay, there's only, I think, 280,000 titles that go on the shelves, uh, the best-selling author of The Only Three Questions That Count, Investing by Knowing What Others Don't. So, and, and I have to say, before I introduce him, I'm looking at this man's picture, and he looks like a boy. Men, I think men just age much better. So a very young 22-year veteran, 22-year writing for, for Forbes. Welcome, Ken Fisher. Uh, Ken, we, we had a, a moment to, to talk before we got on the air, and, and um, I, I got to say, you, you definitely uh, have the, the vocal cords of an old radio guy, and uh, we're glad to have you on the air with us tonight. What was your favorite job in your, in your years of wandering that you had that maybe you had the least success, but perhaps was the inspiration to put you on the right path? Dishwasher at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Rock on! All those fortune cookies. You finally opened up the right one. And trying to learn how to deliver service so I could get a good tip. <laughs> I wash dishes, and then I, in the spare time, I'd go off and I'd deliver Chinese food into my car, and the biggest thing was could I get a tip. Good for you. So what was the biggest thing you did to get a tip? What was your technique for getting that tip? Oh, you got to talk to the people and ask about their family. You go to the door, you got the Chinese food, you see the kid and the family in the back, and you ask them about the family. That's always what you do. Very interesting. Okay. So Engage them on a personal level. Absolutely. Which, of course, goes into money management. Because oh, obviously, exactly. right, that's, a, that's the, the, the hugest part of money management is a money. This is my money. I have to trust you if you're going to handle it. You got that right. I, I, my, I, my firm has uh, 18,000 clients. And so we have to take care of them. This is not uh, for them a game. So we have to make sure not only that we do well, but that they're comfortable as we do well for them. And that's not always easy. What, what, what would you say um, for someone who, who's out there uh, that's considering go, you know, breaking into investments? They haven't done that before. And maybe they've seen, you know, you'd mentioned you'd tried investment advice, you know, selling subscriptions and what have you. There's a lot of that out there. Of course. Um, for, for people who haven't dabbled, where would you say to start? Well, the, the first thing that I'd say, and I make a big deal about this in my new book, The Only Three Questions That Count, the first thing to note is that most people hurt themselves. That is, when you look at people who are professionals trying to do well in the market, in any given year, uh, four out of five don't do as well as if they were just holding a passive S&P 500 index fund. And the ones that do better in one year aren't usually the ones that do better in the next year. So when you look in the long term, there's only about one out of 10 that beat the market. And if you think about people that aren't professionals, that tells you how difficult it is to succeed. And even the ones that do succeed very well still make a lot of errors. So for example, uh, there's a rating service on the, on the web called cxoadvisory.com, and they rate me the most accurate of all of the public prognosticators that they track, but wow. they still say, but they still say that I'm wrong 30% of the time. <laughs> okay. And, and, and the point that I want you to see is, if you can be right 70% of the time in this business, in the long term, you do very, very well. So you have to embrace being wrong. You have to embrace being wrong and learning from your mistakes. And really, one big part of investing successfully is error minimization. And most people just make way too many mistakes because they read something in the paper, mm -hmm. they hear a story on TV, well, 
body parts sensationalized. Yeah, they they knee jerk. Well, well, no, things are sensationalized. People think it's the next hottest, coolest thing. So there's so much hype surrounding it and inflates maybe what the stock is actually valued at. Or or they just use their intuition, but their intuition's wrong. Mm. Uh, Happens all the time. Our brains are not set up to do this stuff. So you're saying, uh, from what I understand, you counsel people to think like a scientist. Our, Our brains were set up a long time ago. You got your brains from your parents. They got theirs from theirs. Uh, our brains were set up as information processors in terms of evolutionary psychology thousands of years ago to deal with problems that our far distant ancestors had to deal with, not to deal with things like the trade-off between stock markets and bond markets. The process of doing that is frameworks that our brain doesn't really deal with very well, has a hard time with, and we grasp at all the things that we normally deal with pretty well at as proxies for this and we don't do it very well. It's almost like we're walking through an obstacle course where there are all these big power vacuums aimed at sucking us into going astray. So in in my book, The Only Three Questions That Count, the third question is, what in the heck is my brain doing to blindside me right now? And you can actually learn how your brain works in terms of investing, which is one of the most important things a beginner can attempt to do, mm-hmm. and to see all the ways that your brain is prone to pull you off in a tangent to do something you shouldn't do, but your brain wants to go there because that's exactly what a person would have done 2,000 years ago if they were confronted with what they would have been confronted with that feels like this. Except, well, it feels like this, it isn't this. I, now, I, I, question here. It, a resounding long-term is that what I'm hearing? Is that is that how you you attain that seventy percent, or can you can you play that day to day game? Let me say that this way: at the core of finance theory is the premise, which I think is irrefutable, that markets are what's called pretty efficient at pricing known information, and. What that translates into in simple English is that if you try to make decisions based on the same things that other people are making decisions on and have common access to in terms of information, you'll be right sometimes, more often wrong, and do worse than if you did nothing at all. (laughs) And this is the reason most people, most professionals, uh, lag markets over time. So the basic notion is start by just being passive. You can start by just buying an S&P 500 index fund and then only vary from that passive posture to the extent you actually believe you know something that isn't commonly known by others. So you hear all kinds of things all the time, like uh, the market went down today because the price of gold is up. Now, my book takes you through an awful lot of things like that and shows you that while people say that all the time, there's actually no connection in a statistical sense between the price of oil and the um, price of the stock market or the price of gold and the price of the stock market, but people believe there is. And then they jump to a conclusion because they say to themselves, based on serendipity, oh, I think oil will do this, therefore I think the stock market will do that. Right, cause and effect. But there's no cause and effect right. there because there's actually no relative relatedness between the two, and it's mm-hmm. easy to disprove, and I show you how to do that uh, in my book. But most of what you hear, and this is one of the difficulties for anybody that's a beginner, most of what you will hear in the media, most of what you will hear wherever you go about investing is actually false myth. That is, more than half of everything you hear as conventional wisdom is demonstrably provable as false myth. So in my book, my first question, which is both an error minimizer and also a way to figure out how to game people, how to game the Mm -hmm. market that you're playing against, Mm -hmm. is what do you believe that's actually false? When, When I was young, I used to read the media 
and I would see something I thought was wrong, and I'd go out and try to prove that I was right and it was wrong. Okay. And I didn't realize I was doing the wrong thing. What I should have been doing is reading the media for things that I said, yep, that's right. And then I should have gone out to try to prove it was wrong. Because if I think it's true, and everybody else thinks it's true, but it's really false, everybody thinks X causes Y, but X doesn't cause Y, then when you see X happen, you know people go to bet on Y, you know it's random, so you can bet against Y happening, and you'll win more often than you lose. And that process both minimizes errors because it takes you away from myths, and it also shows you how to play a game of beating the crowd. So you hear all kinds of things like, and you see this in the media all the time, the large trade deficit would cause the dollar to be weak, which would be bad for the stock market. That's an example of X causes Y causes Z. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, you can prove that X doesn't cause Y, and you can prove that Y doesn't cause Z. Uh, I take people through that in great lengths uh, in my book, in my new book, but the point being, once you prove that, which is easy to prove, you just find another country and show that it didn't happen when you had the same scale or relative size. You prove that, you know it's not true, when you see people getting exercised about it, like fear of the trade deficit, right. then you can bet to be bullish. Which is, which is, I mean, that's an interesting way of taking someone through the process and also keeping the emotion out of it, too. And it does make, I mean, if you break it down to the lowest common denominator, that does make a lot of sense. But there's, there's two parts to the way your brain wants to uh, blindside you. Are you talking about One, my brain? Everybody's brain. I, I, got, I, got, I got more than, than two parts. <laughs> two Actually. parts when it comes to investing. One part is all the stuff that's emotion. And you probably have lots of different emotions because most people have six emotions. But uh, unless you're a really weird person. Yeah. And Well, no, 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 no. Wait, let's stop here for a second. If, if you're a really weird person, you'd have more or less emotions. Either one's fine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what Both, would, both what, are perfectly good versions of weird. Yeah, because weird. weird's good in my book. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, a sociopath's weird, but that's not good. Well, no, a sociopath, I think, gets marked in, like, a completely different folder. Uh, not, it well, gets marked as weird. Yeah, it gets, I'm like, with well, you. gets marked as, like, horror. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Ken. Weird. <laughs> oh, if you yeah. think of it like a bell curve, you, you, you usually have the good side and the bad side. But weird means you're way out the bell curve. Right. It means you're statistically unusual, which could be good, could be bad. But... The other part is just simply cognitive problems. We don't see it because we're blind to it. Our brain typically likes to see something in one framework as if we were looking through a window, and we can't quite get ourselves outside the window to look at it from different directions, upside down and backwards. And an awful lot of what we look at, we can't recognize. So a very common um, pattern is what behavioralists call confirmation bias, which is endemic to all humans. And confirmation bias is the tendency to see what you already believed would occur mm -hmm. and not to see that which disproves your prior beliefs. So you see in the newspaper all the time, the market went down today because oil was up, or the market was up today because oil was down. Right, which... This is an easy thing to test, and it turns out when you test it, the relationship between oil and the stock market, whether you use daily, weekly, monthly prices, put in time lags, do anything you want, is perfectly random. But people see the examples where oil goes up, market goes down, oil goes down, market goes up. They don't see the example of oil goes up, market goes up, oil goes down, market goes down. They're just blind to them. And this, is, this confirmation bias is not an emotion. It's just a blindness. 
Well, and I and I think too, and I I, I I agree with what you're saying, and I find it interesting, and I think if anything, um, let me ask you a quick question, because I mean you are the media, and you know your your columns definitely represent you know sort of like a, a straightforward approach. But what about the people that are out there that are also reputable that are creating this hype, you know, so that when uh, whether you have um, you know your own money management company or, or you're making investments on your own you're looking at the you know you're, you're watching the evening news and they're going well this you know the market's up today because of this and because of that I mean when you're looking towards um, you know major media outlets they're directing you they're creating this so what is behind what is behind this and where's the responsibility with um, experts giving out information well it's not really in my opinion a matter of responsibility because you get people uttering opinions, and people utter opinions that aren't very different than saying the Earth is flat. The fact is, people said the Earth is flat for a long time. Uh, there's um, a great, relatively new book out uh, entitled Galileo's Daughter, mm-hmm. which looks at Galileo through the eyes of his the elder of his two daughters. Uh, really, a very nice book, and in it you see the degree to which the world looked at Galileo as a heretic. Right. Because right. he was prepared to be a scientist, to see things other people did not see, to fathom that which other people could not fathom. Everybody else is just going along believing the myths they had from before. And the, the experts that you see are being perfectly honest when they're uttering mythology. They just don't engage in the process that says, I wonder if this is really possibly true, or if it's even not even close to being possibly true. The way our brains work about investing, we want to treat it like it's a craft. Craftsmanship is a modality that people have engaged in for a very long time, going back to blacksmithing mm-hmm. and uh, practicing the law as a craft, accounting as a craft, medicine well, you as want to look at it as like, Right, it's like as an algebra equation, like you were saying before, X plus Y equals Z. And you can crank it out over yes. and over again, and it's pretty predictable. A- and this according to Boyle. You'll learn the craft, you do it over and over mm-hmm. again, you practice the craft, you get good at it. Markets are not a craft because craft itself is something that's part of that which everybody knows and then becomes useless. And markets are kind of, well, the description that I use in my book, The Only Three Questions That Count, and I've used for a long time, is the right way to think about the market is as if it's a living entity that you entitle the great humiliator, whose goal is to humiliate as many people as possible for as many dollars as possible for as long a time as possible. And it wants to get you, and it wants to get me, and the bigger and more successful you are, the more it wants to get you, and the more money you have, the more it wants to get you. So the the goal is to engage the great humiliator Mm -hmm. without ending up humiliated by it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, very well said. No, it is. Very well. Very well stated. Um, Ken? Yes. I have a huge favor. I'm so glad you remembered my name. I'm so flat. <laughs> I have a huge favor to ask of you. Go ahead. Cool. Ask. Maybe I can't do it. If you want me to stand on my head, I'm going to fail. If you want me to sing happy birthday to you, I'm really going to fail. Oh, but would you do it? I'd be terrible at it, but I'd do it for you. I'd try, but it'd scare the, all your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that I, I, I think your vocal pipes. You know what? I am going to ask that of you prior to our departure. Um, we we have only begun to scratch the surface with you. Obviously, I think that um, there is a tremendous amount of more information that you can impart on our listeners, and also obviously incite them to go out and purchase your book because the uh, only three questions that count: investing by knowing what others don't. It, it looks like a Bible, guys. It's huge. As we speak, it is number twenty. 
25 out of all books on Amazon and number five out of all business books on Amazon. And if people want to look at it uh, and kind of look it over, otherwise they can go to the website, which is uh, onlythreequestions.com, three being the word, not the number, onlythreequestions.com. May I ask you to come back again and we can delve in a little deeper? I'd love to. Thank you for inviting me. Because we we just began we just began to scratch the surface tonight, and to be honest with you, um, we do have on uh, speaking of best selling authors as well, Michael and Margaret Quarter this evening. And can I say uh, when I when I look at some of the stuff you've touched on tonight, uh, I, I was on a flight from Salt Lake to Vegas reading Forbes um, and this amazing article about cause and effect with gas prices and hurricanes. I'd love to delve off into some of that with you and get your take on that. Um, but again, uh, we we've got to ask you back. And um, but it's I mean it's horrible. Wow. We have just scratched the surface, it's flown. and it it has flown so um another time no you know something Absolutely. and we heard you we heard you say yeah so before you leave if, if you happy would. birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear brandy happy birthday to you and many more oh you know that's you, fabulous you, you, you got a great voice i don't care what you say well, you know he's awesome you're sweet well yeah. and you know something you know it because i i have i have a feeling that there's probably not a lot that you don't do well and you don't offer to do things that you don't do well aren't you nice but that's <laughs> it's very flattering Thank well you. i was very flattered to have you sing to me too it'll um you'll go down in the brandy birthday history book there you go uh, have me back this time next year there you have it no well we're gonna have you back in the very near future so we can make a cohesive part two and okay, and folks only three questions.com ken thanks for joining us tonight thank you so much thanks for having me all right we'll talk to you soon Folks, uh, there you go. Ken Fisher of uh, the only three questions that count. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing looking book. It looks incredibly thorough and well, just a mindset. Well, it's been endorsed by so many people. He's got eighteen thousand clients, um, which is huge. Thirty billion under his you know personal portfolio or his management company portfolio. So. Uh, I, I take a little bit of stock in what this man has to say. And he, th- he definitely has a different approach to how he looks at this stuff. Uh, you know, I was fairly baffled at the, the ways he traversed the, the thought process behind, you well, know. The, and, well, you know what I thought was interesting was, and it all does, you know, if we had more time, I think it's funny, it all does stem from, you know, facetiously delivering the Chinese food and how, you know, one evolves and you understand and you look at things from a personal Perspective, and you realize how people react. So, if you look at how the masses react, right, versus you know pulling, you know extrapolating certain information, you can go in and you can you can make some good hits. So it's interesting. Read his book, folks. Stay with us. I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab Michael and Margaret and drop off some fried rice. Be right back. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really? I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know. This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work. 
and they make you look smart. If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart Advertising Solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. WebmasterRadio.fm Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's SC Gurus. a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. SC Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the world wide web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known as Essie Guru and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Essie Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of Webmaster Radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Back to Rainmaker, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy, and we are back with our fabulously power-packed show. And I'm so excited because, uh, as unfortunately everyone knows, yesterday was my birthday. So since it was my birthday, I get to choose what I want as a present. 
And um, I chose as usual. <laughs> I love it. Outside the fact that Darren did an amazing, amazing, amazing job for my birthday, and we were talking earlier how blessed I was that so many people just called and sent flowers and cards and all this cool stuff. So I said, Thursday night is Rainmaker, and what do I want? I want my favorite couple, which happens to be Michael and Margaret Corda. So without further ado, because it's been entirely too long, welcome Michael and Margaret Corda. Hi guys, how are you? Happy birthday! Hey, <laughs> thank you. We promised not to ask which one. Now why? No, no, because it, it, most people. Do. I think that's a question. If you wanted to say it, you would say it. But if you don't want to say it, it's not up to somebody else to ask. This is very true, and I would probably just you know give some silly little answer like, um, you know, I was I was born at nineteen and will always stay that way. I'll never. That's lose not the heart true. Of a child. You, you told someone yesterday, and it had me as baffled as the person she said it to. I was born in the year of the ageless. There you go. Perfect. That sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, but of course, you know, I, I looked at her, I'm like, what the hell is that? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, I, I have to remember that. <laughs> there you go. I thought it worked good. well. Well, because I, I, you know, it was rude. Well, can I ask how old you are? I mean, does no. that, how does that That's impact our relationship? Not good. Right. Mm, mm. Not I don't mind saying how old I am. I have no problem with that. I'm 73. But, um, but Margaret's a lot younger than I am. And, um, uh, and and you are a lot younger than that. And Michael, I think, um, as with any good husband, if we didn't, you know, say such a thing, you know, don't we don't we get unfairly beat up? You know, guys don't look at what we wore last uh, New Year's, um, you know, as an outfit, and we don't we don't mind our ages. Women, on the other hand, it's you know, it's it's uh, I don't know, apples and oranges. I don't know about that. I've known some men who were awfully sensitive to the age question. Um, I, I mean, I'm not myself. Um, partly, I don't know. I don't know why. Partly because my father was very much older than my mother. So he often seemed to me the equivalent of my grandfather. Um, and and yet he was still very active and still still working. Um, and and so the the whole notion of age... Is not a sensitive one for me, but I have no I have known men for whom it was just as sensitive as would be, as it would be for any woman. Yeah, I'm sure Margaret has too. Well, I think that one of the things about getting older is that I've found is that you can speak out and say exactly what you want, and people either say, "Oh, don't pay any attention to her; she's such a stupid old woman," <laughs> or they listen to you. Okay, now let me ask you a question. And, and you know what? Before we go any further, because you guys are, are I, I do, like you're my couple. <laughs> and I, I, I'm so excited to have you on the air. But for those of you who do not know who Michael Corda and Margaret Corda is, which I... Yeah, I, I get I, out from under that rock. Yes, you're obviously very uncultured, uncivilized people. Uh, <laughs> Michael uh, served 47 years as the... And I'm doing this off the top of my head, people. So let's see how well I... I, I, I to your bios. Um, 47 years as the editor-in-chief for Simon & Schuster, the world's largest publishing house, and uh, now as chief emeritus, um, chief, uh, editor-in-chief emeritus, award-winning author, um, has worked with the likes of uh, Henry Kissinger. He has edited for Jacqueline, Suzanne. Uh, Mario Puzo, president after president. President after president. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, an unbelievable author in his own right. Margaret started off as a model and um, stunning woman who's a, a huge equine enthusiast. Uh, and, and they have now co-penned books together. Let's not forget a cat lover. 
Yes. And Cat horse lover. Yes, don't forget that. That's important. Cat and, and horse lover and Michael lover. And right. really a horse lover first before a cat lover because, <laughs> well, when you, there would be no Michael and there would be no Margaret and Michael if there were if, no horses. If there were no horses. I mean, we, met, we met on horseback. <laughs> they met on, in Central Park. I mean, is that That's just not right. so romantic? Yeah. God, yeah. That, that was pretty good off the top of your head, sweetheart. It was excellent. Thank you. And I haven't slept. So anyway, so yes, I, but I, all right, so going back to what you were saying, Margaret, you know, it's fun to do the high. I'm a little bit older now, and I could. I don't you think there's more confidence that you just have confidence that you know what? If someone doesn't like what you have to say, as long as it's without the intent of malice, you don't care. Right. So be it. You don't care, and and you feel that maybe ten years ago you wouldn't have said something in a situation, and now you say what you feel, and that's it. They can take it or leave it. Margaret, I believe you've always done that. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I feel a lot more comfortable doing it now. Okay, I always keep in mind that one of my childhood friends was Ralph Richardson, the distinguished English actor, who was obviously many, many decades older than me, but who was like this kind of surrogate uncle or godfather to me for a long time, and whom I really admired and loved. And Ralph, when he became old, said a wonderful thing, which I always remember and remind myself of, which is he said, when I was young, I thought it would be very jolly to be old. Young people would come to me for advice, and I'd give it to them. And now I'm old, and nobody comes to see me at all, and I don't know a bloody thing. Oh, no. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, I've, always loved, I've always loved that I don't know a bloody thing. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I think you can... I think the reason why you can laugh about age, the both of you, although Margaret is quite uh, junior to Michael... Not really... Is because it doesn't you know what age is in the mind first of all it really right. is never lose the heart of a child dead at nineteen alive at ninety nine is because you're both still so active and accomplished and that's why you don't mind age because age doesn't matter you know like if you were seventy three a generation or two ago you weren't working you were absolutely retired and you know nine out of ten chances unfortunately you were also six feet under right absolutely you have to keep you have to be involved with whatever it is that you enjoy and contribute to things if you can. I think that's very important. Well, and if you keep going, you know, like if you keep, if you do things and you're, and, and you're constantly, do, like you said, if you're constantly doing things that you love and you're respected for what you do, then you don't mind saying to people, I mean, not that it's really anyone's business, how old you are because you're respected and you're accepted by your colleagues and your peers. I think that's probably true. But bear in mind, I don't know, for those of you who were reading the New York Times yesterday and read Maureen Dowd's column, Two of my authors, who might continue to edit, uh, were, were the subject of her column, and they were Henry Kissinger and, and Sir Alistair Horne, uh, because Henry Kissinger gave Sir Alistair Horne's book on the Algerian revolt to President Bush and told him that he ought to read it. <laughs> now, Alistair Horne is 83 or 84, and Henry Kissinger is close to 85. And yet no, they, yes, is that true? I think so. But in any case, both are in their 80s, and, bo- and yet both of them are, are enormously productive. Alistair Horne is writing his huge great book, Henry Kissinger is being Henry Kissinger, and also writing his great big book. And, and, and uh, Maureen Dowd's column is entirely about two men in their 80s. So it's, it's not, I don't think we have to be afraid of age. Right. It's, it's stasis, lack of action, lack of involvement, lack of being busy that we have to be afraid of. And I don't think that's a risk for Margaret. By the way, is now <laughs> writing a children's book. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We heard all about that. It, Kit Kat and the Bird. Kit Kat and the Bird. Now I, I I've got to ask this. This is this is a true story. This is a true story. This is a true story about one of our cats and its relationship with a guinea hen wow. that came onto our property. Shot. It was shot. Oh, um, And uh, I thought, well, of course, there's nothing we could do for it. We couldn't get hold of it. That it will die, and it didn't. And it survived. And it formed this strange relationship with this one cat, where it still does, comes to the porch door every morning and is banging around on the door waiting for the cat to come out, and off they go together. Oh, that is so adorable. I mean, I can visualize that. That is so adorable. Yeah. It's quite a sizable bird, actually. It also follows real flocks of wild turkey on our, on our farm. I mean, they're not ours. They just they belong to New York State or whoever wants them to belong to nobody. <laughs> they belong um, to themselves. When they come, this bird goes up to be with them um, and, and just joins the flock, but they won't let it stay. They go off into the woods and it doesn't leave the well, farm. I don't think it wants to leave. I mean, it's got a little house to live in and it's and a mirror, more and a mirror to watch itself in. So it thinks it has company. Yeah. <laughs> Why would it want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pretty a good looking partner card. too. Yeah. yeah right. I don't Brand- know. Randy does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put a big, you know, floor to ceiling mirror up there in the bedroom. She she never leaves. It's great. That's a secret to a winning. That's a secret to a winning marriage. Put mirrors all in your bedroom, and and she and never stops admiring yeah, herself. Yeah, you'll make sure your wife never gets naked. Gosh. <laughs> now, now, well, this bird is incredibly ugly because they are, and but it just watches itself in the mirror, and if and as soon as somebody drives in that's got really nice shiny wheel, you know, hubs, it just sits there looking at itself. So let me ask you a question. What is the moral of the story for, for a ch- from a children's perspective? Can we say maybe what, what the message is that you're trying to convey to children? Don't eat guinea hens. Well, I think the thing is that that it's a kind of, it's a twist on, as, as, as the cat says in the very beginning when this bird approaches it and said, will you be my friend? And the cat says, don't be ridiculous. We're natural. I mean, how can I be your friend? Right. I kill birds. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's no possibility. And the bird says, hmm, well, why don't we take a walk and we can talk about it? So I think there are opposites that come together. And trust. And trust. Really put, talk about putting out an olive branch. Right. Yeah. And, and how maybe how people on opposite fences and traditionally yes. on opposite fences can realize that maybe they can find their sustenance in can other ways. Can find some <laughs> middle ground. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think and, you know, and they are amazingly close to each other, as Margaret says. The bird arrives if if we get up late, which is needless to say very rare. But if we do get up late, the bird is there pecking on the windows and the door in a fury, waiting for the cat to come out. And the cat is sitting right by the door, waiting to be let out. That's so. Fabulous. I mean, it's not a sort of casual thing. If they're not out there in the, in the early morning, the two of them together, they get very upset. Isn't that adorable? And it, it is. It's amazing how the universe sort of brings, um, you know, people and animals and places and things together sometimes in an uncanny mm-hmm. but meaningful way. So I'm going to do a very sloppy segue. Speaking about a meaningful way, let's take this opportunity to take a quick break, pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers, and we will be right back with Michael and Margaret Corda. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. 
Rules by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's Clicksore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Hey, all you affiliates out there, this one's for you. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up the volume, cash, cash. You hear that sound? That's the sound of your cat starving to death because you didn't produce enough volume. So you want to know how? Do you? XY7.com. XY7.com is the only way for you to convert your clicks into cash. So let's get it together, girls. XY7.com. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Cash, cash. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Warning. Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. I got an idea. What say we come back right now? How are you, sweetheart? That's brilliant. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm exhausted. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. well, that's horrible. Like, you, know? you had a rough day out last night, I'd say. I, I well, did. Well, last night. Yeah, oh, once you actually let go of the reins of work and, and we got into the swing of your birthday. Absolutely. Uh, which is kind of hard for Brandy, but... Yeah, it was a hard night out shopping and and being surprised and being, oh, it was lovely. Oh yeah, it takes an effort to adjust to it. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't well, you know, it? as soon as you guys kind of go, oh, I get the hang of it. It's kind of over awfully quickly. <laughs> but Were it, you greatly surprised? Did you have great surprises? I did. You know what? And and he always says I'm hard to surprise, and I love surprises. I just think that's like such a cool, like a joy of of. Just well, life. I mean, you guys work together. You know, when you're when you're together all the day, it's kind of hard to you know, come up with a surprise and to pull the big one out. You know, yeah. it's yeah. where do you find and that you top do. hat? You well, know? I'm actually very good at surprises now that I think of it. I think I am. Anyway, Margaret's a better judge than I am. But I'm I'm actually quite good at surprising things. 
Um, but on the other hand, I don't like to be surprised. Really? No, actually, that's something we have in common. We don't like surprises. Oh, I do. So, Michael, if you you're... Do. Oh, Brandy lives for surprises. I love giving I, surprises, and I really? love getting surprises. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I love... The, the better you pull the rug out from under this girl... <laughs> <laughs> well, you the would more have, she likes it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, it's the sheer and utter, I, I guess, how do I say... Um, when you're surprised, it's truly like your your true feelings come out, like completely with it, without a governor. And I just think that's so cool and so special when someone has the ability to like the art of distraction, and then just bam, it's right there, and you don't have any, you don't have a moment's notice to react any differently than just from your heart and your soul. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true. The reaction to a surprise is really wonderful. But it, and, it, and we're all of us difficult people to surprise because we all of us live close together and know what the other person is going to do. So it's, it's not every day that we're surprised. This year, I must say, we didn't try to surprise each other. No, we didn't. We, <laughs> bought, we bought some some caviar and had it sent up and had that. And that's, and that's great. And Lovely. great luxury for both of us. We love it. Even though it was so good, we repeated it on New Year's Eve. I was going to say, I was going to say, that sounded like Margaret and I spoke. It sounded like what you guys did on New Year's Eve. All right, I've got to ask this, Michael. Uh, Speaking of surprises, uh, you came out with a book this year that I definitely have to to, to ask about in, in regards to to Hungary, and you met oh, yeah. the, the Hungarian president. This, this it sounds like an amazing ceremony. Well, the ceremony was, it wasn't amazing, but it was, it, it was sort of touching. Margaret is probably better able to describe it than I am, but there were actually two ceremonies. First of all, I wrote, a, as you say, a book called Journey to a Revolution, which is essentially the story of my own involvement um, with three other Oxford undergraduates in the 1956 Hungarian Revolution and how that happened and what it was like. Um, and I've always wanted to do that, and I must say that both Margaret and my agent, Lynn Nesbitt, have been after me, not for years, but for decades, saying, well, why don't you write the Hungry Book, why don't you write the Hungry Book, why don't you write the Hungry Book? And eventually I decided, well, hell, it's now 50 years since it happened, uh, now or never. Right. So I wrote the Hungry Book, which was interesting, you know, it's sort of, um, I mean, yes. interesting to me because it's sort of hard to plunge into your memory, and you rather, you, you're rather reluctant to do so when it's... Um, when it's real to like you, when well, you're, you're, you're emotionally attached. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also, it's full of memories which are not pleasant. Absolutely. Um, and anyway, I did it and found that very interesting. And then uh, we went to a wonderful ceremony at the United Nations where Henry Kissinger talked um, and where we were all given candles to take up on stage um, to commemorate the people who were either killed or executed during and after the revolution. And then I spoke to an assembled group of what used to be called freedom mm-hmm. fighters, which were people who had fought in the 1956 revolution and who are now, of course, I hate to say it, old men. Um, and, and old ladies. And, and old ladies. Indeed. And that was, that was rather moving. And then we went to a, uh, a ceremony at the Hungarian embassy um, uh, at which I was awarded um, the cross of a commander of the Order of Merit of the Republic of Hungary, which was... Um, also, in its own way, very, very moving, in part because it was commemorating something of enormous importance to the Hungarians, in part because so many people came to Henry, Kissinger was there, and many, many other people. Um, and it, it, was, it 
was something that, that meant something very special to me and that I was very happy to share with Margaret. You know, it was um, a, a series of rather good moments. The only one of which she missed was that I went to the Carnegie Hall concert and sat next to Governor Pataki, and we <laughs> both stood, and we were the only two people in the entire audience who stood but did not know the words to the Hungarian national anthem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I broke wow. him in the ribs, and I said, I'm so glad there's somebody else who <laughs> know the words to the Hungarian national wow. anthem. Wow. Um, so it's, it, it, it's actually, I'm glad it's over, the 50th anniversary, and I, I don't anticipate being here for the 75th anniversary. Um, one never knows. You, one never knows. Thank you. But it was it was an interesting experience to have all that brought back to life, and and I, I think both Margaret and I enjoyed the whole process. Actually, we had quite a good time. I enjoyed the process too, but I'd rather hoped I might come away from it being being a baroness, but I didn't. <laughs> oh well, you know, they're now a republic. Michael says they're a republic now, so there was no chance of being a baroness. Would you really like to be? A, I can make you a baroness. Why not? Okay. It sort of rings, doesn't it? The Baroness Corder. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think there's I, a book in that. <laughs> nice. The, the Baroness Corder, you know. the oh, yes, the equine you get a life peerage by Rick. Judy Dench is a Baroness. Yes, well, I'm not and an actress in England, so I don't think that's going to happen. There you go. Mrs. Thatcher is a Baroness, the Baroness Thatcher. Right. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good friend of my uh, my uncle's, yes. Um, um, so it's not impossible, but, uh, but it, it, it's not going to be easy. No, but you know you can buy titles online. That's just yes, wrong. Not the same That's book. just wrong. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, you can. And I, I didn't you know, know that. Is that true? It it is. It oh is. Oh my goodness! I actually I was going to do that for one of my friends because they're there's they, they deserve to have like a princess title. That just sounds like buying a star. Yeah, but who cares? Like just to have and and please, we live in South Florida. There's like more like. Baron von Stucken. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. Baron of the whatevers. You're Baron of the high. I, I just want to be the escort for some rich old lady and have a right. time. That's just wrong. <laughs> Which is horrible. Now, now I, the clock is so ticking fast and I'm, I'm no, dying here. No, 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 the time of the ageless. Uh, that's ageless. right. The, the ageless. I hope so. By the way, you never told us what were the presents that were surprising. Oh, that Darren gave me? Yep. Okay. Um, maybe I don't want to say the one that you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I mean, this is a clue. Yeah. No, 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 no. I can actually... I can tell you. And this was... Here, I'll, I'll take you... Th- okay, all right. I'll take you through my little birthday yesterday. Oh. It started off... Um, actually, we took my mom and her girlfriend out, who, who was in from Boston, on Tuesday evening for dinner. And unfortunately, she took a fall. Oh, oh. dear. Oh, yes. So we were in the hospital until like 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, dear. It's a great way to start your birthday, right. I think. Mm. Which is okay. I mean, cause, but God forbid. You know, she's a lovely woman. We want to make sure she was okay. So we slept for maybe an hour and a half. And we, you know, plunged into the day. We worked until four. And Darren said to me, you know, I've got this. I have this plan for your birthday. And you have three rules. One is you can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you, you just no is not in your vocabulary. No is not in my vocabulary. Um, I'm not allowed to look at prices. And God, was the third one? I'm so sorry. But the, I like the price thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was if it looks good oh, on you and feels it feels good, good it, it, and I like it. It's yours. It's mine. So, so my I, goodness. Yeah. So, so we started out, and, and you know, I had specific things in mind. 
but I also wanted to, you know, put her in this suddenly, you know, Brandy doesn't spend a wrong dime on herself, but oh my God, when she's suddenly under pressure to, you know, here, go, don't look at prices, and if it looks good, feels it's yours. And, and mm. I don't think well, she, uh, you, you know what you, it was good. It was the way, well, no, no, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that he good. took me to this, this furniture store that is like grossly overpriced. And there was this piece of functional art and it's sort of like an Al- Alice in Wonderland picture, like a seven foot frame and inside it's silver with like shadow boxes. And it is so magnificent. So he brings me into this furniture store and I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of neat. I think he, I figured I'd just be shopping which would be lovely regardless. And he had already picked this out and said, that's yours. And I went, oh my God, no, 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 no. You know it's not your vocabulary today. That's right. That's right. And and it was lovely and they knew who I was and they presented it to me beautifully and it was done with a flourish. And then we left there and we went to Barnes & Noble and he uh, had chosen a couple of books because we're we're looking to start a family. Mm -hmm. So on how to prepare your body. So that I can be a vessel for a baby. Come on. The Bible. What to expect when you're expecting? Of course, I'm not expecting (laughs) yet. I'm still expecting just to have a good time for the next couple of months. (laughs) Let me just say that it's not going to be as good a time as you think. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, it's okay. No, well. So that's why we want to know what to expect. And I was so overwhelmed because I I am truly blessed by my husband. He really takes notice of who I am and what's important to me and so we were in this is an embarrassing thing but I did do this so we were in Barnes and Noble and they have the Starbucks section of Barnes and Noble and I, I love my, my chai lattes and I turned around to everyone and I said excuse me can I have your attention please like 30 people <laughs> just sitting there casually working quietly and of course Brandy takes over the coffee shop <laughs> I just thought I had a really important message that people needed to hear and it's true, I think. And I said, excuse me, first, you know, not foremost, it's my birthday today. And this is my husband. And I just want to say um, that we are living testimony to the fact that you do not need to t- settle or sacrifice. Mm, I like that. What was the reaction? Uh, I, I think the gentleman right to my left, he, he reached up and grabbed my arm and he said, dude, you are my hero. <laughs> and you know big round of applause and you know all the ladies their eyes were flashing and you know a couple guys were like you know my wife doesn't do that for me you know no, it, it was interesting right. it was interesting it was, it was interesting because we actually ended up ta- turning back into like you know talk show hosts again because people started asking us questions well how long have you been together <laughs> so it was interesting but it made me feel good because I just want the world to know like I am blessed not that we don't have our problems because that would be unrealistic but I mean Truly, when you look at the whole big scope of things, it's amazing. So then, um, we went to we went to the mall. It was shopping spree time. Yeah, it was shopping spree time. So whatever. Right. So we got it, some it, lovely. It, it was fun. It was, it, it was, fun. It was uh, fish out of water for Brandy because Brandy is, um, you know, can I? My wife, she is always there for everyone else and tends to ignore herself. And uh, it's good. Birthdays are good to put the spotlight on the loved one. Oh sure, no. I think I, I, I think maybe that's the most important thing, actually. Absolutely. And 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 the thing that that's in some ways hardest to do, you know. Well, let me tell you. When Michael had his birthday this October, I gave him seventy three roses. Wow! Mm. And he dropped them. Because <laughs> 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 they were so to- they were, they were so, so heavy. They were so top heavy. <laughs> they were already in a big. <laughs> they had to be taken back to the florist. Oh, oh my god! Oh, you literally—I mean, you <laughs> smashed wow. the. 
Oh, that's hysterical. I had to call up the florist and said, you have to come pick them all up and redo them. Exactly. That is so great. No, because you put 73 roses in a vase with the water that, that, that you need for them. And it's not only heavy, but it's, but it's also top Awkward, heavy. awkward, awkward, right. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can start doing curls of them and turn into like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen if I live in my 80s. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have somebody carry them in for you. <laughs> oh, my. Nice. Oh, that's great. Is that nice, but in the traditions that you have? Because it sounds yeah, like this is a tradition. Hand, I give Margaret roses, and, 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 and I think this is a very important point. I never link the number of her roses to her age. Oh, absolutely terribly I, important. I know that that would I be agree. a disaster. Horrible. Oh, it's your, it's your censored birthday, so I've sent you censored number of roses. Gentle, uh, gentlemen listening, pay attention. I, like, I never would have thought of that. Michael, that's awesome. No, no, right, no. It, instinct has always told me <laughs> not to send Margaret. Well, I remember when we had a birthday uh, party for Michael's 70th, and it was for other things as well. It was for one of his books or something as well, and, and something else. And we sent out this invitation. It said for Michael's 70th, and Margaret's mm, whatever. <laughs> you know, we don't say that. <laughs> You know, and there's no need to. And I agree. I do think that there's, and I find it awkward, there is a double standard in this world that, you know, it's okay for a man to say his age. Even though men can be very vain, my father was one of them. You know, he used to be a very strong man, but he'd say, do I look as old as him? Is my hair as gray as him? But, you know, it is. It's a weird stigma. Women aren't allowed to say, like, instead of saying, wow, look at her, you know, she's 75 years young, and look at all she's accomplished and how great she looks. You know, you look like a, like a, like a Diane Keaton, for example. I do know I saw her... Doing an ad, the I think oh, it, was it was. We had this conversation. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> at the globe, at the globe thing, she did this ad for something. The the yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabulous. She was fabulous. Right. Which is years ago, we had dinner with her at Rayo's, uh, the Italian restaurant in New York. That's so exclusive. Um, and uh, and except for the fact that she's turned her hair blonde, she looks exactly the same as she did then, and that has got to be. I would say, Margaret, w- what, 25 years ago, 30 years ago? Yes, but I, I don't think she looks the same. I think she looks better. Yeah, she looks better, actually. She has better complexion. She mm. looks more lively. Or she looks good as a blonde. <laughs> um, but I said this to somebody the other day, and they said, oh, you know, it's amazing what they can do with makeup and lights. I said, of course it is, but who cares? No, that's okay. That was me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> no, it really was me. <laughs> no, it was me. I mean, someone else might have said it too. But oh, you was I, it you? No, it totally was me. We had this conversation. <laughs> but it's also to the, the other person who's been on television constantly in the past few days has been, um, uh, oh my God, you know, the, the Raquel Welch. She has? And I haven't seen her. Well, no. I saw her at the gym because uh, she was on the Today Show this morning. Oh. And oh. she looked exactly, I mean, she's, I don't know how old Raquel I know was. how old she is. Oh, you do? And I'm not going to say. Okay. But, but it's, it, 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 it's not young, but she looks terrific. She looks absolutely terrific. I do. I, I, I definitely agree with the mindset of you know, two things. One is, and I, and I think people are beginning to feel a lot more confident. I think, as a matter of fact, Margaret, we were having this conversation the other day that Kirstie Alley was on the Oprah show. And she said that she was 55 years old. And it just, like, it didn't register. Because I guess I always think of her, I associate her with Cheers. And right. being, you know, like that yeah. 25 or 35-year-old girl. And yes, I think if women can wrap their, their heads around the fact that this generation of women from like a, uh, um, from an outward appearance, I think we stop aging 
at the time that we look like women if you take good care of yourself. And you should be proud of your age because look at all the great things that you've accomplished. If you haven't accomplished anything and you're 75 years old, well, you know, I mean, if, that, if, the, if you're happy, I guess that's okay. But you should be proud of your accomplishments and the fact that you can continue to contribute to the world that you live in and that world contributes back to you because of all that you are. That's beautiful. And that's mm-hmm. beautiful at any age. And it's no, I, think it's, I think it's absolutely great. I think it's absolutely great. And you kids, uh, you kids have, have, have I got, I, I've got to say, uh, uh, I'm hearing again this resounding theme, uh, as with Brandy and I, um, of... Uh, you know, you guys are working again, mm-hmm. and, and, or, or, or more, together. and are, you're always together. Um, and how's the writing going together, Michael? Together. Oh, together it goes always goes quite well. I mean, I think as we talked about one of the previous shows, writing the cat book together was was very easy. Writing the horse book together was not so easy. Has it gotten easier? On this children's book, yes. I mean, it's fine. We're very separate in what we do, and oh. I, I do the drawings in my, and Mar- with the children's book, I do the drawings, and Margaret does the writing, and Damn. that's easy because um, because they fall into different categories, and and you know, I'm not, and I think Margaret will agree with with this. I'm much less difficult about drawings than I am about writing. I didn't realize that you had such a talent for drawing. Well, I wouldn't say that I do have a talent. Oh, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, that's so cute. Listen to them. Oh, But, you you know, the thing about it is, if I do a drawing and you say to me, well, that's not, I don't think that really works for me, I'm likely to say, oh, fine, I'll go back and do it again. If I do a paragraph and you say, well, that doesn't work for me in words. Right. Then I, 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 you know, I descend into a snit. Because writing is my primary thing, you understand. Well, no, so, uh, well, understandably. So, so, so I, it's much uh, the idea of, of Margaret and I collaborating, her doing the writing and me doing the drawing. That's that's easy and works out very well for us, I think. Well, because you have two separate things, it also allows you to dabble with something yeah. that you know you're still a novice at, so you can take the criticism. Vis-a-vis, I mean, like, it's very funny because I, you know, when I, we, I talk about you while you're not around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I got a, a big kick out of myself when I, you know, I told people that, oh, my God, you know, the first time I had Michael and Margaret on, I said, you know, Michael's, you know, like, you're the editor's editor. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to announce him and he's just going to edit me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I don't do that. I don't do that. No, no, no. Anyway. Well, right, but, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was so afraid to say anything, and I thought, oh, God, he'll say, no, Brandy, all you need to say no, is... No. <laughs> I, I, I'm like a doctor. I don't give unsolicited opinions. Uh, um, is that ever difficult? No, I, you know, there are many times when I feel he should give it, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't. <laughs> Now speaking speaking of uh, of all these great books you guys have been turning out, um, Ike. Well, yeah, I'm I've I'm uh, I've just completed the thirteen hundred and fifty page manuscript. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh! But, um, yes, uh, it is of uh, my biography of Eisenhower, um, which I've been working on for the past two years, and. Um, I'm actually now in the most boring stage, which is notes, bibliography, photos, permissions, maps, and so forth, all the stuff that drive people crazy, um, uh, and, and getting that done, and it's coming out in September of this year, and I think it'll be the first really big, major, one-volume biography of Eisenhower one really in a generation. Yeah. No, which is tremendous, wow. and I'm so excited because we have the first chapter. I love how we get the first everything from you guys, and I... <laughs> and, 
uh, there's a quote here um, from, from my birthday's sake. Um, Benjamin Franklin, there was never a good war or a bad peace. Yes, I like that. That's very nice. And I think that, that absolutely represents Ike's point of view, by the way, even though he was, I would say, our second greatest general, our greatest general being Ulysses S. Grant. But, but short of that, Ike was certainly our greatest general and our greatest modern general. But Franklin's comet is one which I think should, everybody should hold firmly in mind. Yes. Because um, it's absolutely true. Yes. See, there's beauty and brains and no, I don't know who's the beauty. The brains would be Ben Franklin. The brawn would be Muhammad Ali because he was also born on January 17th. Well, see, I, could, you know, I, I should have guessed that because, of course, there have been all these pieces about it. I also was surprised to find that Muhammad Ali was only 65 years old. I thought him older than that, but that's because of the, the Parkinson's. Yes, um, yes. But, uh, but, but um, uh, no, I didn't realize that. Yes. January. What's the sign for January, Brandy? Um, I'm Capricorn, cusp of Aquarius. So I get to be slightly schizophrenic oh, and read. Oh, wow. <laughs> for some reason, I think of Aqu- well, Aquarius, I always think of Norman Mailer. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a little Capricorn, scary. Capricorn, I've not met. I've never had, I've never had indiv- intimate relationships with a Capricorn, so it's hard for me. I tend to run to Scorpios. Michael, Scorpio. we'll talk yeah. later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Capricorns are fun. Once once you're in, you're in. But you have to, you know, we always... Uh, Scorpios well, are rather difficult. Yeah? I can see you being pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. But but yep. a good pain but a good pain in the neck because you but you you don't play games you put you just put your foot down this this is yeah, what I want right. this is how it is and you know what you 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 offended me period I have to say one thing before Michael gets off the Eisenhower thing that I will be tremendously relieved when it's all over because he has so many books <laughs> reference <laughs> books for this thing that I am terrified that the that the floors in this house will collapse because it's so old under the weight of them. <laughs> Mar- I'm dying to get them out of the house. Margaret, have you ever looked at his books kind of like the other woman? Do I look at his books? At, no, like being kind of like the other woman. Like oh, his mistress. No. No? Um, I get... It's, it's, that's an interesting question because I can always tell with Michael when he's far enough into a book that he, in a way, is... I shouldn't say this, but bored with it. Mm-hmm. And he, he's got another project... And I can see that he now is wanting to get on to that other project. That I can see. I don't see them as the other woman, no. <laughs> you, um, s- you see them as the, the clutter in the house. <laughs> I look at them as clutter. Um, I'm so happy that he has something to do because I have so many things to do right. uh, that I would not want either of us sitting around waiting for the other. Um, but, I, but, no, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it never interferes in our lives uh but but the countryside the, over the winter michael how was that it's still <laughs> happening <laughs> is it still happening i'm not fond of winter uh margaret uh margaret's much tougher than i am she was out riding this morning or no, yesterday morning when it was really cold here. Was out this morning um, yeah, but yesterday morning i i i i elected it was eight degrees oh. and i said you know something i You're don't think crazy. i'm going to do it this morning yeah, oh. i think that's smart oh oh um, I, I'm not fond of the cold, and I'm, as I get older, I'm getting less fond of it. Um, but, but, you know, Margaret has so much to keep her busy. I mean, apart from cats, horses, uh, she, you know, she runs the barn, she runs the farm. Right. Um, she's constantly busy doing things. So it will be a desperately difficult situation 
if I had nothing to do. I mean, fortunately, that's that would never absolutely happen. not about to happen. I'm still editing David McCullough and Mary Higgins Clark. And also, I've heard Michael say in the last six months, you know what? I think I'll go out and do do something with barns. I think I'll start photographing old barns. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Oh, yeah, the other day he said, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, Michael, you know something? Some very interesting birds around here. Maybe I should take up bird photography. And I said, well, if you do that, you're going to have to be outside a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, no, I would never, I would never, uh, for myself, I would, there's never a point at which I couldn't find something, thank God, that would interest me and take up my attention and that I would want to do. My problem with it is that, because I've been for 47 years a book publisher, that there has to be an end to it in which it becomes available to other people. It doesn't matter to me whether they like it or don't like it, but I, I couldn't photograph birds and sort of collect the photos for myself or you know, for Margaret and myself to look at them in some album. I would have to find some way to get them published and out there. The publishing uh, point. Having said which, um, I do think, yes, a book about old barns would be a wonderful book. They are amazing. Their size, their workmanship, the fact that they're still standing 200 years later, the elegance of them, um, the history of them, fascinating. I mean, obviously, that's not true of every part of the country, but it is amazing um, in any part of the country where farming has been a solid thing, mm-hmm. how much history there is wrapped up in barns and what extraordinary structures they are. They'd be wonderful to photograph. Whether I will do it is another question. Well, and you know what I find very interesting, and then we'll we'll, we'll take a quick break, is you, you, both of you, have achieved so much, and when I think of barns, I think of things that get overlooked, that are so um, definitively simple, that you have the ability to see something special and something that other people take for granted because, you know, it's like life is sort of a full circle when you've gone out and you've experienced as much as you have, then you can see things that are simple and, and, and stable in life that other people can't. Oh, I think, I th- but you know something, I think that we, we all see it. It's just that every once in a while it catches your attention and you realize that if you don't somehow fix it down uh, on paper in, ter- in terms of photography or in words in some way, that one day it will be gone and you will have let it go. Right. And you just, you know, it's interesting to see how the both of you continue to jump on new projects. All right. We are going to take a very quick break and uh, continue our conversation with Michael and Margaret Corda. I'll be right back after this commercial break. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 
marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. Like a rock star. I thought you were going to stay tonight, aren't you? Well, I am. I was originally going to, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. Going to have to hook up a few beers and, you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star. It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. Like we'll sit uh, down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I'll have to throw a party. We'll have to charge money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Warning! Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Back to Rainmaker, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. We are back in our final segment with Michael and Margaret Corda. And guys, last time we had you had had you all on the air, we were talking about Brokeback Mountain. Oh, oh my yeah. God! That's yeah, long ago, and now it's another Golden Globe. I mean, unfortunately, this year Margaret and I don't know anybody at the Golden Globe, so we can't root for anybody. Oh, you mean for the Academy Awards the Academy. when they come out? Well, we can't root for the Academy Awards. Although I am rooting so strongly for Helen Mirren and the Queen that they might as well be my closest friends, like Lyle McMurtry and Diana Santa. Um, I, I'm very heavily rooting for them. Hmm. It, it was a big year in movies. It was. What, what uh, since we've last talked to you guys, what, what stuck out in your mind? This year? This year. Um, well, I think The Queen. I think another English movie called The History Boys. Mm. Wow, um, we still haven't been to the movies. <laughs> uh, we have not seen the two Clint Eastwood movies because they simply played up here for like three days. Oh, wow. So uh, we were very disappointed about that because I did want to see them. Um, we did see Babel, which this I thought was very good, a very interesting. I've heard good stuff about very, that. Very, very yeah. interesting idea. We saw The Departed, which I have to say was a little too gory for me. That was the Boston-based movie, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear that. We are so uncool. I don't remember the last time we actually made it to the movies. 
Yeah, well, I, I gotta agree with that one. We're, we're kind of out of the loop. We don't have the time. Yeah. But also, you know, we're up here, up in the sticks. Um, a lot of the movies that we want to see just don't play here. Um, well, they do eventually. Eventually, right. eventually, eventually. Um, and we end up seeing a lot of them. I mean, Netflix is is our god. Oh, you're so funny. Uh, nice. But um, uh, there's a limited amount of stuff that actually does play up here when you can actually watch it. But but there've been some wonderful movies, and and I think that's one of the things you. Know, it's one of the things that Margaret and I share in common that really that really makes part of our lives is we want to see movies. And we love to read. And we love to right. read. Of course, of course, as do I. Although we don't often... You know what? I haven't had time to read. I haven't Did read Did you read The Road? No, no. I can answer that one. She didn't. <laughs> he wrote all, all, all the Pretty Horses, Cormac McCarthy. I think won the Pulitzer Prize in the NBA for that. Oh, wow. Um, but he has a, a book, a, a novel out called The Road, which is just wonderful. I mean, it just... No, Margaret, so, I, who is this? Cormac McCarthy. Oh, okay. We were just bowled over by it. Really? I'm going to check that out. You know we had on a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months ago, was David Baldacci. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I really do enjoy him as an author. She's read practically everything. You know, I, I had to tell him... Uh, you know something? I know him, his books. I know what they look like. I know his names. I don't think I've ever read one. They're should good. I? Yeah. Yes, you should. They're they're political thrillers, and they do. Right. He, he does a really good job at, um, I don't know. It's like identifying with creating a, a female characters, with creating these sub characters that somehow are woven in. I know it's a formula story. I mean, like every. I mean, not like everything, but like most um, right. authors, there's a formula, but it's not always an identifiable formula. So there's always a spin at the end that makes you go, Oh, I didn't a see that coming. Books have been made into movies. Yes, well, the, uh, the only one I believe it's called it was Absolute Power, and that right. which when Margaret said Clint Eastwood, it sort of um, toggled my memory with Clint Eastwood and Gene Hackman. You know, you know the man's a great author. Um, when my bed's a bit crowded at night, <laughs> well, you can say, I, I, I told him I'm like David, get out of my bed, brother. It's a little crowded. Now hold on, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what is a very interesting read is the new Ma- Michael Crichton. Uh, okay. Next. Like, called Next. I like Okay. Crichton. Yeah, no, I can see He's that. Good. I can see that. But Michael and Margaret have actually been in bed with us, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Go. That's true. And hey, what's what we won't deny it. <laughs> there you go. You know, the, the, I guess the little one said, you know, all right, all right, all right. We are getting kicked out of the studio. I just want to keep you kids I've forever. Got a, I've got this engineer waving at me like mad. Well, I, it's been a pleasure to be on on your birthday. Thank you. Oh, and gosh. happy Happy birthday. I, I, I just couldn't... We, we send you all our best wishes and our love for a, a, a post-birthday happy birthday. Oh, you and guys thank rock. you for being a part of it. And you know, it's interesting, and I, I'm not quite letting them go yet. See, mm-hmm. they're too polite to, like, hang up, and, and I'm still the boss. So, <laughs> 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 so I'm going to exert my, my, uh, my power here for a moment. <coughs> One of our producers actually told me, you guys were my birthday present last year, too, and I hadn't realized that. I love that I'm really? consistent with myself. He said, yes, Brandy, last year you asked for the same thing. The court is for your birthday. <laughs> well, we'll all celebrate together in New York at some point. So yes, there, we will. There, yeah. we'll, we'll, celebrate, we'll celebrate something. We'll ce- you know what? We'll celebrate life and the fact that, uh, of just spending some time together. That would great. be great. Good. Listen, you guys stay warm. We will. We will. Stay warm. And or come and visit us. Yeah. I, kn- I know you just don't like Florida, but no. I'll find you some courses. <laughs> I, I don't mind Florida, actually, but it's just, it's, it, between the farm and the animals, 
not possible. Uh. <laughs> well, nothing's not nothing's impossible. We do have an open door policy, so know that you always have a home down here. That's and, very kind. And I, I can even let you maybe uh, keep a couple of because we know the director of code and zoning down here. So if you want to keep a couple of your horses in our backyard <laughs> just to make you feel at home. There you have it. You know, or we can get you a big a bed big enough so if you wanted to housekeep your horse, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Michael and Margaret, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Thank you for having us. And uh, so you, you kids are going to come back again really soon, yes? Absolutely. We are. Good. Awesome. I'm awesome. so Anytime excited. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael and Margaret Corda, thanks for coming on, kids. Thanks for having me. Good night, kids. Wow. I just really like them. I know. They're, they're, they're awesome. Like, I love Margaret's voice, and I love, uh, I like both of their voices, and they're genuine, and they're... Fun. They're just they're fun. fun. And you know what? Like, and they've accomplished so much, but yet so humble. And we didn't get into the whole candle lighting ceremony, and I, I, you know what? I'm very blessed because my parents brought me up to appreciate who a person is, not what they do. And you know you respect what people what people have accomplished, but that doesn't necessarily make them good people. And I just think they're good people on top of being super accomplished people. And I like that they're humble. Indeed. Yeah. Happy birthday, Harry. Ah, thank you, baby. Of course, we'll be celebrating that all month long for those yes. of you who who care to know. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, and, and we're out of town tomorrow. Uh huh. I'm so tired. Now we're flying again. I'm so uh, tired. I thought one time we're going to show up at a conference. Not tired. It's just not going to be this one. Well, folks, next Thursday, uh, I believe we're flying back next Thursday, aren't we? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Rainmaker is not going to be here next Thursday. Actually, or, 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 well, uh, what we're we doing pre- is this. What we're going to do is this. We're going to um, we're going to do a rebroadcast of this show. Oh, okay. Then the following week, we've got Janet and um, Jane on. Our oh, they, they were fun. Casting directors, and then we're doing part two with them the week after. Sweet. Fabulous. There you have it. And if there's anyone out there that knows Eileen Chaikin, oh. have her contact me, please. Absolutely. That's Thank a gr- you. It's a great show. The L Word. The L Word. I, the L Word. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for Eileen Chaikin. It's like the chart. Let me put it out there. I'm looking for Poppy. I'm looking for Eileen Chaikin. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who, 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 are, who know the show, you know what who, who Poppy is. <laughs> We've come to the end of another show, guys. Oh, and crazy. for those of you who, who have downloaded this 90, 90-minute Rainmaker tonight. <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks aren't for, you Thanks lucky. for being patient. No, with the, aren't you lucky? Come on, Ken Fisher, 18 thousand clients Forbes columnist rah 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 in our quarters alright so thanks for broadband how's that yeah <laughs> folks you guys have a great weekend if you're traveling to Las Vegas travel safe and we'll see you next week right here for another edition of Rainmaker fabulous